0: careful now so cool to be playing
1: vinyl Vinyl. took
0: the record off the turntable you ready for this?
2: welcome to Behind the Vinyl here's your host, Stu Jeffries okay, here we go another chance to take you through some of our amazing sessions of Behind the Vinyl where artists stop by, drop the needle on their songs and roll out a great story or two about the song Later in this episode, Sir Bob Geldof goes into great detail about the Boomtown Rat song, I Don't Like Mondays, and how it still, unfortunately, resonates in today's society. I can sing that song with absolute truth. There's no nostalgia,
0: because I'm not singing about 1978 now. I'm singing about last week, unfortunately.
2: That's in a few minutes, but first, Tom Cochran talks about how the changes in his life at the time were a huge help for him to write the song Boy Inside the Man.
3: Man, I'll tell you, this... um... This record, I could talk for a long time about this record because it was it was one of those periods in your life where you've come off some big changes, traumatic changes, because the band the band broke up to a certain degree. Kenny and I carried on. We didn't know whether we were gonna survive. And we got a tremendous amount of support from a number of key people um, that kept us going. And, you know, we had this incredible period of growth with Red Rider and Uh, boy a bunch of years touring with all kinds of people and and then all of a sudden we had you know when you have good times you're bound to come out and you're gonna have you're gonna bottom out a bit that's the nature of life the dynamic of life and that uh, the ebb and flow of it so I came out of it had a young daughter and that changed a lot of things in my life Uh, and I started reflecting you know on on the stuff I had gone through you know and Kenny and I set up shop uh, in a studio on Bering Avenue you know and I was living out in the East End with, with of Toronto with with Kathy and, and and Cody my young daughter and this song came out of it and, and it was it was interesting because uh, it, it the song is one of the first songs I used a loop and it was a very primitive loop and a loop is a, is, a, is kind of a modal thing a musical thing that you you end up looping so it plays over and over again and i built the song on top of it and it reflects on the different stages of life you go through as a man you know you you start out and you 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 think that man if if i don't get something done then nobody's gonna you know my my life won't won't have mattered you know and then you go through a stage where you get desperate and you get ambitious and you're not really appreciating some of the things you go through and then of course you fall in love uh, and then you have a family Then you go through the changes that we went through with the band, where things bottomed out a little bit after the Breaking Curfew record. And then we carried on. And we didn't, you know, at that point, I didn't know what I was going to do, but we did carry on. And this record was just, it just, it's funny. It's like the Phoenix rising from the dust. You know, and that's the way I look at it. And we went to Wales. We had an incredible experience in Wales recording this at Rockfield. And uh, Robert Plant would come and hang out have breakfast with us because he was living there at the time uh, and it was one of those old English Welsh towns that uh, they, they didn't allow big buildings cobblestone streets and all of that and so they, that, the whole record just had a magic about it um, and probably this record and the madman world record were the two records and of course the first record you know uh, don't fight it with white hot those three records just had were magical times Neruda in its own way was magical as well um, but to me, it's just one of those songs, probably more of a signature song than anything I've done with a possible exception, especially in Canada, of uh, Big League, You know, which to me is the hockey song. I'm very proud of that song, very cultural song. But this song, it just resonates with so many people, you know, and, and it's really about that magic of, of, of life and how you go through the different changes of life and it's always evolving you know, when I turned 17, when I turned 21, when I turned 25, when I turned 31, you know, so I guess I gotta write another couple of verses for this song, you know, Uh, but it's, we do go through through those changes and we grow through those changes, and to me the music's always been my way of documenting it, and this song, I think, uh, resonates with people from that point of view, those different changes you go through and as you grow in life, because we're here to learn, we're here to grow and uh, I'm a big believer in that and the song reflects on that, you know Um, but it was magical, Graham Broad played drums on this, he now plays with Roger Waters, incredible English drummer and Spider, of course played bass on this Uh, one of my favorite bass players on the planet but uh, it's one of those songs, you know, we can't not play live, you know, it just it's just one of those songs that just, uh, we gotta keep playing. And uh, I guess I'll be playing it for the rest of my life. With another couple of chapters written in. And maybe I'll just express those chapters in the way I I approach life. You know? Boy Inside the Man. Yeah magical for
2: me.
3: I think of my dad when it gets to the end.
2: Tom Cochran on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries with some great info on the way from Bob Geldof about I Don't Like Mondays after we hear from Jean-Marc of The Box reflecting on how the band was labeled too political thanks to a certain country's flag getting exposure in a music video.
1: I bet there are a lot of young people listening to this right now and wondering what the hell the USSR is. It's, of course, Russia. Back then it was the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. It was the Communist country and it was the superpower which, along with the US, had the biggest arsenal of nukes imaginable. And it doesn't seem that obvious today because today <clears throat> ISIS is the big enemy and you know. But back in my youth, the big enemy or at least uh, the, the biggest threat that you could face was this supposed possible exchange of nukes between those two superpowers. It was called the Cold War and a lot of people were frightened by it. Even back then, I remember Sting. I don't remember what the exact title of the song was. I believe it was Russians. In any case, he clearly says in that song, I hope the Russians love their children too. He does, he says it. So, see, I'm not the only one who... And so we thought this subject was something to behold to the point where We wrote this song about it which basically says we are ordinary people and we would appreciate it to live our lives in peace without this constant threat uh, of being nuked by you guys, right? And when I say you guys, I mean the major superpowers. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, the press started talking about the band as being politically oriented. No, no, no. We never took sides in anything that had to do with politics for a very simple reason. We knew that we could alienate half of our audience doing that, so we always stayed clear of politics. But this is not politics. This is just plain good sense, common sense. And uh, again, we're not taking sides. We're all saying we're ordinary people, and, and it would be fun to be able to live without this threat. But then again, I don't know why the press insisted that we had become political to the point where when we shot the video for this one again directed by us we went to a flag store and bought these two huge american and russian flags which we hung on the back of the stage as a decor and the american flag being the rock and roll blue red and white thing it is It stood up like a sore thumb, whereas the Russian flag, which is all red with that little sickle in, uh, in, in a corner, just went completely unnoticed. But they were there in the video. And again, we got a lot of flack from the fact that we were highlighting the American position in this, so to speak, conflict as if we were taking sides, because all we saw in that video was that big American flag just being, flashing there in the back of the stage, but we weren't, it's just that the Russian flag couldn't be seen. So again, let it be known that what we say in this song is we are ordinary people, no matter what we stand for, we're all the same, and it doesn't matter.
2: John Mark from The Box on Behind the Vinyl with Ordinary People. I'm Stu Jeffries with the moment you've been waiting for. It's not every day we get a lot of sirs that stop by our studios, but when we were asked if Sir Bob Geldof could record an episode, we rolled out the red carpet. Here's Bob giving some background on the iconic Boomtown Rats song, I Don't Like Mondays.
0: I didn't know that was the first track on, on this... Uh, what is this, Side 1 or Side 2? Oh... Okay, so this is, um, this was not the track one on, on the, the British version of the album, The Fine Art of Surfacing, but uh, obviously you guys over here thought this was the one that will sell the album, so um, this track was uh, an unlikely hit, I think. Um, I didn't mean it to be... Um, uh, even an A-side, I thought it, it was a B-side, like um, here's a single back in the days when you are B-sides um, I wrote it in a in a strange frame of mind, um, I'd been traveling through the United States doing a promo trip, 34 cities in 32 days and I was just numb with uh, exhaustion and repeating the same things over and over again to an indifferent continent um, they were uh, people in those days only listened to disco or corporate rock which <coughs> we intended to do, do away with me and my um, contemporaries like the Ramones or the Clash or whoever and I'd arrived in Atlanta and had gone to the College Station and um, while I was doing yet another interview on automatic the telex machine started chattering away while the DJ was playing uh, one of our tracks and what I read appeared unbelievable on one level but all too uh, believable albeit incomprehensible on some other level, the, the level of exhaustion and uh, boredom. I was, I'd re- I was reading that As I sat there in an American city, down the road in another city, a teenage girl of 16 had taken one of the guns that her father gave her every Christmas and leaning out her bedroom window had begun shooting her school friends in the school just across the way. And even more um, horrifying and actually weird and remarkable, was that a journalist was calling her on the phone in her bedroom as she was doing this and asking her, you know, why, what, what? stop it, what, what are you doing? And as she cited up another victim, she groped for an answer as to why or what she was doing. And she didn't really know. And she just said, I don't know, I don't like Mondays. Like, will that do? Do you need a reason? Does there have to be a reason to die or kill someone? And it was that that struck me as being terrifying, really, but completely fitted in with the mood I was in. And um, I started writing the tune immediately. I left the station and several things were going in my head, on the plane over to America, I'd read in the flight magazine or something about a guy I'd never heard of called Bill Gates and he said that in a matter of years everyone would have this thing he was calling a personal computer and the only way it could work though was if they could put enough memory on a thing called a silicon chip. Uh, They hadn't got there yet, but he believed that in a couple of years they'd be able to put enough memory to make this machine operate. And I didn't understand the language, the digital language, yet. And I thought, that's mad. They're inscribing, they're writing memory like a brain onto a piece of sand, silicon. And then it popped into my head a poem by... Uh, the 18th century poet William Blake, uh, one of the lines is to see a universe in a grain of sand. And I thought, we're there, It's, it's happened. They're going to put a universe on this chip of sand, this silicon chip. And so that must have been noodling around my head, the romance of that almost, the future world coming, and this automaton of a person in San Diego killing people. and your brain is weird. it forms patterns that might not be there. And I scribble uh, the word I've still got those words, I scribble at the top of the page, the silicon chip inside her head gets switched to overload. And then and then I go into the, the why of this. and it, it happened very quickly, probably no more than 20 minutes. I was trying to work out another song by another guy on my guitar, and uh, I couldn't get it. I didn't know what he was doing chord-wise, but the chords I I, I was at, I used that to sing my melody. And uh, that was it. I thought no more about it, Uh, and then I went home, and the record company guy says, that's a smash. And I said, okay, who knew? So, number one in 32 countries, banned in the United States. Most people thought it was a song about going to work on a Monday morning or going to school and the drudgery of the boredom of the coming week. And they'd go in, they'd go, I don't like Mondays. Uh, And later, down the road, because so many millions of people heard this record, this is the power of pop. Uh, They'd be going down the street, whistling in their head, tell me why I don't like Mondays but suddenly the words which they now filtered into their unconscious would strike them, and they'd suddenly go, hold on, it's about that? And that's the power of this sort of minor art form. You can put these ideas in a camouflage of musicality and they become the top of the cultural mountain uh, for a week or so, and that becomes important. And so that was that song. It was about something that nobody knew about then, never even heard of, a school shooting. (coughs) Of course, school shootings happen almost every week in the United States, unfortunately. And so I can sing that song with absolute truth. There's no nostalgia, because I'm not singing about 1978 now. I'm singing about... Last week, unfortunately.
2: Powerful. Powerful. That's Bob Geldof with I Don't Like Mondays. That's going to do it for this edition of Behind the Vinyl. Thanks for listening. We've got lots more where that came from, so make sure you check out our past episodes and subscribe to our channel as we've got lots of guests with great stories about their music. I'm Stu Jeffries. See you next time on Behind the Vinyl.
1: This has been Behind the Vinyl, the podcast. Hosted by Stu Jeffries audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse,
2: Derek Walsman, and Troy McCallum. Thanks for listening.